Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Glad you're with us. Final hour. We're here each and every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 2 to 5 Central for OutKick 360. Live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, we've hit a lot of different topics today. We're going to dive into the NFL. Coming up in about 20 minutes, one big thing on every NFL game, which Week 15 kicks off this evening, San Francisco and Seattle for the 49ers with Brock Purdy. They can clinch the NFC West with a victory tonight against Seattle and uh, against Geno Smith and the Seahawks, who will have Kenneth Walker III back in the uh, in the backfield running the football. You can join us in the chat on YouTube. We hope you're subscribed while you're there. Just search us out. And uh, also hit us up at Outkick360 on Twitter or Instagram. Just had quite the fantasy football debate in Studio Hutton during oh. the break. Uh, Tyler Castle, who's our resident Browns fan, yes. I posed yes. the question to him. At quarterback, Geno Smith or Deshaun Watson? I asked because the projection is Deshaun Watson 11.9 points, Geno Smith 11.5 points. So a true toss-up if you're looking at point projections for the week. I mean, this is a, a as close to a um, coin flip as you can get. And as a Browns fan, his advice to me was to start Geno Smith <laughs> and not Deshaun Watson. So I'm sticking with Geno. The, the problem is Geno Smith tonight's, or tomorrow, tonight, sorry, tonight is going up against uh, a San Francisco defense that has allowed roughly 65 points over the last six games combined during this win streak. That's the problem, and that's why... A high-scoring Geno Smith is projected to have a low-scoring evening on Thursday Night Football. Plus, it's Thursday. Thursday's not been kind. Not been kind to Al Michaels either, um, who's just had to suffer through all of these we'll, games. We'll pre, we'll preview tough uh, night for Al. The Browns and Ravens coming up as one big thing on every NFL game. We'll tell you about the quarterback situation in Baltimore as well. Um, looking at the NFL draft order right now for the top ten. Right now, the Houston Texans. Going into week 15, they currently hold the number one overall selection, followed by the Seattle Seahawks. They have that pick from the Denver Broncos in the trade with Russell Wilson. Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions at four through the Rams. Um, this is a part of that golf trade. And you also have the Philadelphia Eagles at five. So you have the Seahawks, Lions, and Eagles in the top five currently because the Eagles have the trade done with New Orleans. Meanwhile, the rest of the top ten... Cardinals, Colts, Raiders, Panthers, Falcons. And we mentioned the Falcons at 10 because they're evaluating Desmond Ritter starting this week. And with a top 10 pick, you hypothetically, they sh well, I say this now, you, could you get one of the three top quarterbacks there or no? Maybe at, not. At which pick? At 10 at, with at, Atlanta. Yes, I think you could. So quarterback needy teams, let's, let's mark them down. Texans? Yes. Lions, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Potentially. Don't know, don't know, but maybe. No on the Eagles. No on the Cardinals. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Cardinals just have a, a – Murray just tore his ACL. So, the, clock, the clock starts now, not, not in the offseason. So I don't, he's not going to be back in time for camp. 
Um, but are you drafting is, you a know. franchise quarterback at number uh, – because that's what you're doing. You're trying to bring in a franchise quarterback at number six. I don't think yeah. they're – I'm going to cross them off the list. I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. The Colts, yes. The Raiders? Potentially. But maybe. I, I don't know. It just Panthers, yes. Falcons, yes. Yes. There's several. And there will be others that will trade up. Yeah. Tampa Bay. So best case scenario for the Falcons would be – Texans, Colts are the only two. Texans, Colts, Panthers probably are the only three quarterback take uh, picks taken. So you'd get four. You get the fourth quarter, the choice of your fourth quarterback look at, at number the, ten. And look at the teams that traded away what would be top five picks right now. Now the Rams, they traded away top five picks in order to win a Super Bowl. They did it. Uh, meanwhile, Denver traded away their pick, thinking that Russell Wilson was going to get them over the top because last year. They were just outside that window of the postseason. And now they're not even close. They're in a room with you know, no windows currently with Russell Wilson concussed and wasn't playing well before. And Nathaniel Hackett is their head coach. New ownership. They could clean house. And they don't even have a top, they don't have a top pick here to do it because Seattle owns it. Tough spot. Tough spot for Denver after that trade. Yes. And no one saw that coming. I mean, when they when they traded for Russell Wilson, it was, oh, the Broncos feel like they're good enough to go for it right now, and that's why they're making this move, and they want the franchise quarterback. No one was saying this is going to be one of the worst trades in NFL history. This could turn out to be one of the worst trades in NFL history. That's how bad this offense has been with Russell Wilson and how bad Russell Wilson has been this season. Chad at Outkick.com, your weekly column. You've posted this morning the headline, NFL Super Bowl hopefuls as Christmas movies – or why Mike McDaniel is perfect for Elf. So I, um, I had a little fun with this. And uh, I love Christmas movies, okay? I'm a sucker for anything holiday-themed. I like going to the mall during Christmas time. Uh, I love the music. I love the smells. I love the sweets. I love everything about it. And I watch a lot of Christmas movies. So this is kind of a continuation of a series that I started with college football undefeated teams earlier this year in November as a Yellowstone character. So I had a corresponding team with a Yellowstone character. Extended this out and did NFL teams uh, with uh, a, a movie. A couple of them may be a stretch. I was really having to stretch the brain and the memory of movies that could possibly make sense for them. But a few to me are no-brainers. The Buffalo Bills as Christmas Vacation. Um, I think it just encapsulates the spirit of Bills Mafia so well. Oh, okay. This is a fan base, Hutton that for tailgates, they hurl their bodies through tables. Sometimes they light them on fire. And this is how they celebrate an upcoming Bills game is by doing this. So a movie that has Chevy Chase putting cooking oil on his sled saucer and rocketing down a hill, I think is perfect for the Bills fan base. And they're dressed much like the movie. Have you seen the way the players are dressed for this week's game? I've not. Uh, they're bundled up and they've got, like, they're literally wearing winter coats at practice we have a screenshot of this i believe um yeah that's it's incredible how the, it, normally you're just in a hoodie you're in a sweatshirt and a hoodie and you've got players literally practicing in winter jackets like they're going skiing out there today yeah that's uh look i see josh allen as a clark griswold type um cole beasley as cousin eddie coming back to the mix also for a visit i've got the chiefs as a christmas story uh, mainly because Patrick Mahomes seems like a guy who's real warm and cuddly and a nice guy. 
but much like Ralphie, if you push him to the edge, he will beat you in the face repeatedly. And that's yes. Patrick Mahomes. And uh, by the way, I cannot get over the highlight of him to Jarek McKinnon with the no look, the lob right in the lap of McKinnon for the touchdown. Hutton, our favorite Christmas movie for the Cincinnati Bengals. This was the one no-brainer. The Bengals are home alone because yes. Joe Burrow yes. Joe Burrow looks exactly yes. like both the eight-year-old or nine-year-old, whatever Macaulay Culkin is in the movie, version of Macaulay Culkin, and the adult version of Macaulay Culkin, which tells me Macaulay Culkin hasn't really aged that much either when you look at him today versus nine years old. And I could say the same for Joe Burrow. So Bengals home alone. Um, and I know, I know that uh, I'm a huge fan of Home Alone, as you know, Chad. It's yes. in my top five, not just for Christmas, but just period. Um, Kevin McAllister was eight years old. Eight. There we go. I think. Yeah. No, I know. He was so, eight. Like, no, I, I'm telling you, he, he's eight. He was eight, and then I don't... I, how long was it between films? It was not a movie. It was a film. Uh, between Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Do you know? 1992. I think it was two years. Home Alone was... I know Home Alone was 1990. And then I believe 1992 was Home Alone 2, Lost in okay, New York. Okay, so he two years. So apart. he's supposed to be 10 at that, right? So, yeah, two yeah. years between. Um, and he really didn't age that much in between the two either. Again, like a fine wine that Macaulay called. I, I watched a, fe- a feature on this while we're down this rabbit hole. He says that the, the, the hardest part was the, the, raw, the, the, the laws and regulations for being a child actor and having the time restrictment on uh, restricting when you could act and when you couldn't. Yeah. And with him literally well, in every scene. you had to do like school scene, work during the game. Yeah. Or during the day. Yeah, but you could only, there was only a very small amount of time where the, where the kid is allowed to quote unquote work. Yeah. Right? Like the, and he's in every, every Joe part Pesci, of the movie. Joe Pesci could work as long as he wanted to shoot, right? I bet if you're they Joe cut Pesci him off. and you're like, I, I, I bet you get, you kind of like it because you get a lot of trailer time. Right, you're like, oh well, I'm done with my scenes today, and since uh, yeah. Macaulay can't be here, I guess I'll go hang out and drink in my trailer <laughs> for the rest of the day. It's probably what Joe Pesci did. The Miami Dolphins as Elf, and I have basically a portrait of Mike McDaniel as Buddy the Elf, as this fish out of water with the Miami Dolphins. Cer- certainly an NFL outsider as a head coach. Um, the Ravens as It's a Wonderful Life, probably a bit of a stretch, but I had to take a team that's actually named for a literary work. They are named for Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Raven. So I had to class it up a bit. So I've got uh, John Harbaugh as uh, George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life, Lamar Jackson as his guardian angel, and the Ravens need their guardian angel to be healthy because far too often, every time a bell rings, the Ravens choke late (laughs) and lose. So that's the problem with this team. And Philadelphia Eagles, Love Actually, another highly underrated holiday film is Love Actually. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've really? seen Love Actually. I don't think so. It's great. In, in terms of actors from the UK in a rom-com, it doesn't get much better than Hugh Grant, Colin I Firth, mean, Emma Thompson, Liam Neeson, Kira Knightley, and I compare that ensemble to what Nick Sirianni has in Philly right now. It sounds like the holiday. Yeah. Right? Dallas Cowboys, Scrooged, the Bill Murray version of A Christmas Carol, because Jerry Jones recently got visited by the ghost of Christmas past with a photo from 1957 with him looking on at the Little Rock Six (laughs) as they're desegregating the school, uh, causing a controversy I'm sure he didn't think was going to happen. So um, that was the the reasoning for that. And the fact that there's been a lot of demons with the Cowboys since they last won a title at the end of the 1995 season. 
So uh, discuss that with them. By the way, I did not know this on Scrooged. Bill Murray got so worn out and burnt out from the process of being in Ghostbusters and being a part of a huge blockbuster movie that he took four years off in between movies. So he did Ghostbusters in 1984. How are you that exhausted? And I, then and then Bill Murray again came back and Scrooge in 1988. That's called enjoying your paycheck is what that is. Well, he's a he's a different dude also in a lot of ways. But yeah, it was 1984 Ghostbusters, Scrooged in 1988, and then that set off a heater where he was on in What About Bob? Ghostbusters 2 was the next movie, 1989. What About Bob? Groundhog Day. How much time did succession. he take off between Ghostbusters? Did not. He just took those four years. Then it was 89, another movie in 89, 90, 91, 90. He's in his he, prime. Started, he started going at that point after those four years off. Um, 49ers as Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the 1964 edition. I had to look up that annoying little elf from that movie, Hermie, I think is the, the elf's name that's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, the Niners are as persistent as Hermie, the, who, the annoying little elf, I who feel would, like. Who would be Hermie? And it's kind Rock of an Purdy? island of misfit toys because Kyle Shanahan can take anyone. By the way, I saw a side-by-side of Zach Wilson as Hermie. If, if the Jets were actually oh. a contender for a Super Bowl, which I don't think they are, I could have put the side-by-side. It's hilarious. It's him with his AirPods in and a hat on, and he looks just like Hermie the elf. Oh, this is awesome. From Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, the Vikings are daddy's home, too. If you remember, Hutton... When Shiano Sunday was happening and the you-know-what was hitting the fan in Knoxville, yeah, I had to get away from it, so I took the family to Daddy's Home too, which is a holiday movie, and enjoyed the hell out of it. Another very underrated movie. Mel Gibson, John Lithgow, joins Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg in the game. Uh, Linda Cardellini, incredibly underrated actress. Really good Christmas <laughs> holiday film. And I feel like Kirk Cousins, when I watched him iced out dancing shirtless on the flight back from London, I felt like this is a Will Ferrell bit. Like, I could see Will Ferrell oh, doing this. No, yes. So my mind immediately went to Will Ferrell, Christmas movie, Elf has been taken, Daddy's Home 2, plus Kirk Cousins, an actual daddy, a father of two sons, <laughs> feels like a nerdy accountant type, just like Will Ferrell is in the movies. So I guess that would make uh, Mark Wahlberg and Justin Jefferson in this setting. And finally, Hutton, the great debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? I say yes. Are the Detroit Lions dead? Hell no, they're not. That pisses off Armando Salguero, and I don't care. Die Hard, the Detroit Lions, as a Christmas movie. Because they were 1-6, and six, and now they're 6-7. and seven. And they play on Fox a lot, and that was filmed on the Fox set. It was. On we've the Fox seen, lot. We've seen the, uh, what is the, uh, Takahashi Towers? Naga... Nakatoma, Nakahoma. Speak up, something. David. You've got yes. a you've got a microphone there. We're very meek in the studio. <laughs> yes, it's the Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza. Thank you. Yes, Nakatomi. We get Davey a microphone. He decides to put it away <laughs> and then just whisper it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Keep forgetting you guys got headphones on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it any time like I can't even hear Chad. The Takahashi. Who's Takahashi? The show. Oh, uh, John. John Takahashi, yeah, the, the Titans. Nicest, the Titans. The nicest doctor. man in the world. Yeah, the, the, here is the uh, absolutely the nicest man in the world. Here's the Buffalo Bills practice with the lake effect snow that's about to hit for this weekend. You've got the full on jacket along with the. I mean, this is. I don't know what you're getting done here other than the walkthrough outside. This is going. And Miami's coming to town. Santa Claus is also coming to town, Hutton. Look at that. Did you guys see that Miami had heaters at SoFi? It was 55 degrees outside. I saw you were talking about the um, 
the shirt, was it, that Mike Medina was wearing? Yeah, I wish it was colder. Wish it was colder? Yes, and he was like dancing through the stretch line. I, Miami doesn't do well in these situations traditionally. So this is this is why I know you're saying it's not you're not built for the snow in the playoffs, but Buffalo, I'm saying, uh, because they can't run the football. Neither can Miami. That's what Tua. They're having to rely on Tua's passing game so much, and the offensive line isn't good. And you know, Mike McDaniel wants to run it. He was the run game coordinator for years with Shanahan. You know he wants to run the football. They trade for Jeff Wilson. The offensive line's the issue in Miami, and that's really what's holding them back. I, th- I think they're going in the opposite direction of a team like uh, San Francisco, for instance. It's hitting their peak right now. I think we saw Miami's peak earlier this season. I think the, uh, the thought that you have an ability to just make something extremely abnormal, like nine inches of snow and sub-freezing conditions and yeah. being out in that weather a, f- a long time, as something that you acclimate to and becomes normal is very overrated. Uh, I I think you can get more, you can get used to it to an extent, but it's not enjoyable for anyone. It's not like you can turn your body temperature off and suddenly you're not cold when you're playing in those conditions. Everyone's going to be cold. So I do think this, well, if you're a Green Bay Packer or you're a Buffalo Bill, you're used to it. You're an advantage. Well, your roster better be an advantage because years the thought is, you got to have a quarterback that can throw through the wind in Buffalo coming off the lake. They had that with Jim Kelly. They have that now with Josh Allen. But they won in the playoffs in Buffalo in freezing conditions and snowy games in the 90s. Why? In big part because they had a guy named Thurman Thomas to hand the ball off to in a strong running game and a great offensive line. This Bills team, Hutton, does not have that run game to fall back on. So if you face a team in the playoffs that's got a superior running game, and the weather's awful and neither team can throw it, it could be advantage road team in that game. Could, yeah. And uh, there are a couple of teams that do travel like that. You know, I think, uh, of course, Baltimore, if they were to win in advance, because right now Buffalo has the bye. Uh, But that Lamar Jackson, if he gets back healthy and the run game has really carried them in close wins. But again, that translates this time of year. Also, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati can beat you uh, multiple ways and their defense is playing better they're swarming around the football I, I like where Cincinnati is across I mean really the Titans should be able to do that but they've lost their identity of who they are which is smash mouth in the trenches running the football the offensive line has been awful so I, I can't I, right now I'm not putting them in that category and there's the disappointment in everything that they've tried to build to get back to they're not they, they when they traded AJ Brown Chad they didn't trade away their identity right their identity yeah. stayed with the offensive line and with Henry and right now they don't have an identity on any phase of the football field right now that i should be mentioning Tennessee for that answer i can't where would you put Kansas City on the list of teams that could win uh, mm-hmm. on the road and uh not high because of their running game they can get creative with it, though, and the. But I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be. Re- Here's the thing, though, with with a Kansas City or a Buffalo, it's got to be really, really bad to affect those quarterbacks. There's a certain level yeah. of quarterback that I mean, right. it's got to be snow, not just the snow on the ground. The Patriots, terrible wind, snow happening during the game that affects the receiver's ability to catch. Yep. There's got to be multiple factors going on to really affect those guys. Chad, my favorite comparison is Cincinnati with Home Alone. Um, oh, yeah. Just based on 
Uh, Macaulay Culkin and Joe Burrow. I, I put in a Wet Bandits reference in there for you also. Thank you. Old Man Marley, too. Yeah. Trey, Trey Hendrickson Trey as Old Hendrickson Man Marley. as Old Man Marley scooping the snow. It's where he hides his bodies. Salting. <laughs> <laughs> I love Old Man Marley. Very uh, a, a low-key emotional moment when uh, Old Man Marley um, and Kevin come together later in the... By the way, also we uh, may- realized in researching this that John Hurd, I think is his name, the mm-hmm. actor who plays Peter McAllister... He passed away. Dead. Died in 2017. Also learned that he dated, or his first wife, is Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane in the original Superman movies. John Hurd married Margot Kidder. They were married for about two years. How successful is uh, Mr. McAllister? That's what I want to know. What he did. What does he do? He had uh, that house. Th- does it ever get into what his job his kids, is? But the entire family to Paris for Christmas. And... His brother, his he older is, brother, wants him to pay for everything. Yeah, right? so he does. The pizzas, everything else. Yeah, he'll, he'll pay for it. Frank. We need to get Frank Ryan, the cheapskate. We need Ryan Albanese on the show because Ryan recently, um, and he Albanese does some behind-the-scenes things uh, where he, on his YouTube channel, uh, where he goes and tours movie sets and compares what they look like now to then and all that. He went to uh, Chicago recently and went to the home. Well, he not only went to the home, he watched Home Alone in the church. Where oh, that's Macaulay right, yeah. Culkin goes, they have yeah. a viewing there right before the traps certain times of the year, and he went and watched inside the church. Yeah, we need to get him on to discuss the the layout and if the owners of the current home in Chicago are that upset when people come by. Well, because we, the gate was open when he was there. I saw the photo, but in the other photos I've seen, like the gates closed and locked, and it's you know keep out. And I don't, I'm like, why would you own that home if you didn't know about the enjoy the film and like the fact that people recognize it from their childhood. I don't get it. So why be, we why had be this discussion so recently annoyed with it. We had this discussion recently. The Christmas story house also was for sale a couple weeks ago in Cleveland is where a Christmas story was filmed. And the old house there is for sale. And we were talking about, does anyone actually go and buy that home to just live in it and not profit from it? Like it's someone like you know this is a nice neighborhood. It's a uh, it's in transition, but I think I'm going to live here and raise my family here, not knowing that it's, you're going to turn it into a gift shop, <laughs> right? Like I feel like yeah. you do something with yeah. it, but there's also rules about what you can do in a residential area. So Netflix had the movies that made us. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet, but they go through Home Alone, and I'm pretty sure for the basement flooding scene. They used the same high school where they did the Breakfast Club because you got to remember John Hughes was a part of that. And as it relates to uh, John Hurd's character, Peter McAllister, I'm pretty sure he's in the mob. That's, that's my assumption. I mean, they're fl- like in uh, Home Loan, was it the second one where they're flying to Italy? Yeah. It, it just, and no one can really put it together. It's like, hey, he's going back home, you know? He's, uh, he does not look like an Italian man to me, would be the one thing. So he would be like uh, Tom in, in uh, Godfather. Chad, the, he's like the consigliere to the mob, I would guess, would be John. Or he's the accountant to the mob. The possibly. home currently is worth roughly $2 million on the market. It last sold for $1.58. The original asking price then was two point four. So Look, If I own that home and I said, I'm going to buy this house and live in it, I would know people are going to come by and take pictures of, of it, especially during Christmas, and I'd have a big display. Like You just got to accept it. You don't let people into your house, but you know people are going to drive up on the curb and take pictures. The, but like, have the lights on, so like have this? something outside. Old Man Marley's home right next door is worth $3 million. 
Old man Marley got it done. <laughs> Looks uh, like stacking bodies and salting them I, up really pays. I know. Uh, coming up, one big thing on every NFL game as we turn the page and get you ready for week 15. It's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. San Francisco and Seattle. It's tonight's Thursday night football game as we kick off week 15 and a divisional matchup and Seattle's continuing to try to hang on to one of those wild card spots and getting somewhat healthier. They also will face a 49ers team that tonight can clinch the NFC West, punching the second ticket into the postseason, guaranteed in the Philadelphia Eagles. They've clinched and San Francisco can do it here with their third quarterback, since September as the starter with Brock Purdy. Here is one big thing on every NFL game. Chad, we start with tonight's game, 9-4 and four against 7-6. and six. Seattle hosting the 9-4 and four 49ers. Uh, the Niners whipped Tom Brady in the Bucs. It was 35-7, of course, their sixth straight win. One of the Niners' top offensive weapons, you've got Debo Samuel, Carted off high ankle sprain. They hope to have him back as they go into the postseason. And honestly, they'll be able to get really healthy if they can go ahead and clinch and guarantee one of the top four spots there. Brock Purdy's passer rating, 70 points better than Tom Brady's last week in Purdy's first NFL start. Colts and Vikings. The Vikings clinch the NFC North with a win or a Lions loss. And even though Minnesota is 10-3, and three, they have a minus one point differential on the year. Minnesota 9-0 and oh in one-score games this season. That's why they're in position to go ahead and clinch, but not playing the best currently. Even in a, on a week where they had a wide receiver not named Chris Carter or Randy Moss set a franchise record for receiving yards in a game. That was Justin Jefferson last week. They lost that game. You cannot lose that game. If you're setting a record that was previously set by Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Period. For and, that franchise. And losing that game to the Lions. You cannot lose the game to the Colts this week. No. Hosting them. Ravens on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Tyler Huntley, he's cleared concussion protocol today for Baltimore. Uh, that means he's in line to start. Lamar Jackson uh, continues to stay on the injured list with the knee issue. The Ravens intercepted Mitch Trubisky three times, and they also had uh, 23 takeaways on the season. That's second most in the league. Of course, Trubisky coming off the bench for Kenny Pickett last week with Pittsburgh, and Pickett in the concussion protocol. Trubisky came out throwing. They were completing a few passes, and then interception after interception. They are second in turnover differential, Baltimore is. We mentioned how you've got the turnover di differential for Minnesota that's not good. Meanwhile, you've got the Ravens that are uh, excellent at plus nine. Dolphins and Bills. Interesting weather scenario. Chad has discussed the 
Lake effect snow that's scheduled to hit Buffalo and upper New York yet again. 10-3 Buffalo against 8-5 Miami. Miami's limping in after a couple of losses. Buffalo has lost already to Miami this season. The defense has given up just 22 points in back-to-back division wins over the Patriots and the Jets, Buffaloes. Josh Allen, he's averaged just six yards per attempt in the Bills' last three games. Throwing short, but they're putting up points, and they're winning. He averaged just over five yards per attempt against the Jets' defense. Cannot wait to watch this, Hutton, because of the elements and the snow in this game. It's going to be beautiful. And Miami has three of their final four games in the division, which means they control whether or not they're going to align themselves with postseason play. It's right there in front of them. Steelers and Panthers. If Kenny Pickett doesn't play again, he's in concussion protocol. Chances are he's not going to play. Um, Do the Steelers go with Mason Rudolph? There are players within the locker room that are openly asking for that, asking for Mason Rudolph over Mitch Trubisky. The Panthers are on a two-game win streak. They are one game back in the NFC South, and they can uh, take the lead this Sunday, or at least tie for the lead in the division. Tampa Bay is, of course, hosting Cincinnati. And it's backup quarterback time in this game um, with uh, what the Panthers are doing. But backup is also Sam Darnold. Backup is also possibly Mason Rudolph. Eagles and Bears next up on the schedule. 12-1 Philadelphia, 3-10 Chicago. The Eagles have scored 123 points in their last three games. That's the most they've put up in a three-game stretch since 1950. Chiefs and Texans. The Texans nearly knocked off the Cowboys last week. And what was... Would have been the biggest upset of the NFL season. They fell short. Shocking that game was even close. 17-point advantage And they, I mean, they, they're ahead at 42 seconds left, I think, Zeke Elliott scored to win the game. This will not be close. This is uh, Chiefs on the road in Houston. Perfect elements. Patrick Mahomes has thrown a league-high 33 touchdown passes. He had three last week. He'll reach four this week against that Texans defense. Uh, Texans won 11-1. and won. Moving uh, through here, we've got the uh, Jaguars. They are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's ground game has picked up uh, the slack for an inconsistent passing game. Uh, the ground attack averaging 171 yards on the ground over their last six games. Again, you don't need Odell Beckham Jr. Focus on running the football. That will get you to the NFC Championship game. You've got the Falcons and Saints, Jack. And... There has been plenty of discussion at quarterback this week about where where is Mariota, what's he not doing, what is he doing. Turns out he was at the birth of his child, but also it sounds like he wanted to go on IR and will because he he was placed on IR because he's having surgery on his knee next week. But this gives a full advantage for Desmond Ritter to take the reins of Arthur Smith's offense, and both of these teams have a chance to win the division. It it's the awful division. But it's going to have some drama over the final month of the season. I still feel like it's a situation where Mariota or Arthur Smith needs to speak further on this at some point. Because there's a lot of miscommunication and bad information out there, I feel like, right now. It's odd. Strange. It's strange. Lions and Jets. I believe this game is a pick in Vegas right now. Six and seven Lions, seven and six Jets. The Jets' defense held Josh Allen and the Bills to season lows in total yards, first downs, and third down success rates. The Lions have won five of their last six games. They've scored 25 or more points in five straight games. It's the first time they've done that since 1954. That was 68 years ago. And yes, I did the math on my phone and not in my head. 68 (laughs) years ago, 
is how long it's taken the Lions to do and accomplish that. Late afternoon games for you, Chad. The 1954 team, though, was fun, Hutton. It was oh, a great I'm group. I'm sure it was. A great group of dudes. McLean was there to watch it. He was, uh, Four yeah. and nine Cardinals, three and ten Broncos. If you're watching this game, uh, you're a diehard. Because if you're just a fan of the game, you're watching something else here. It's the least interesting game of the weekend. Uh, Wilson has yet to clear concussion protocol. And you've got backups playing because Kyler Murray also with an ACL injury. He is done for the year. Cliff Kingsbury. I thought if they're going to fire him, they fire him right before the bye week. They didn't do that. And now the GM, Kime, is taking a leave of absence due to health concerns. That has thrown everything in a, a bit of a, not turmoil, because the organization's already there. But uncertainty is certainly there with Arizona right now if they're moving forward with head coach. If, can they trade their quarterback? No, because he's coming off an ACL now. And what happens at general manager? Patriots and Raiders. Playoff time for the New England Patriots. Ah, three of their remaining four games are against the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. This is a stretch that Gonna is going tough. to be extremely tough for the Patriots, who are 7-6, and six, to make their way into the postseason. And they're facing a Raiders team that's playing much better. Titans and Chargers. The Titans have lost three in a row. They've given up 71 combined points in their last two games. The Titans cannot stop the pass. Meanwhile, the Chargers cannot stop the run. The problem is the Titans can't run the football. And the Chargers are throwing it very well. To me, that's the difference in this game. And the Chargers need this because unlike the Titans, they're not going to win their division. And right now, they have a chance this week to go back-to-back in the AFC with wins over the Miami and the Tennessee Titans. Bengals and Bucks. Cincinnati beat the Browns 23-10, their fifth straight win. The Bengals, they held Nick Chubb to just 34 yards on 14 carries. And that has been a consistent theme here. His last seven games, uh, opponents have averaged 3.8 yards per carry against the Bengals. And Chubb ran into that brick wall too. The Bengals' defense, just 21 sacks on the season. That's the third fewest in the league. But you can't run it on them. And they force you into third and long situations. And they grind it out and they allow their offense and the explosion to take over. Chad, I don't. I think this may be your game of the week. Giants and Commanders. 7-5-1, 7-5-1. You know, I've always long said, Hutton, I love in the NFL when teams play each other in back-to-back games. The way we're seeing in this one. I really think that's how the schedule should be designed. Back-to-backs. Sort of a doubleheader baseball-type feel to it. That's what I want to see more often. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. Of course, the Giants played a game. They're coming off a loss. Meanwhile, the Commanders are coming off their bye week. So the last team they faced was New York. Now they're hosting them on Sunday Night Football. This was a game that was flexed into this spot because this is for a wild-card position. This is for the playoffs uh, whenever things come down to tiebreakers. And these two teams tied two weeks ago. The winner of this game improves their chances of making the playoffs by a large margin. The winner is around 70% to make it. The loser's around 30. If they tie, that's a different story. Don't throw that option out there either. It's a rematch of this game, and the Giants are spiraling. They're 0-3-1 in their last four games. They've scored 78 points in those four games combined. Finally, Chad, Rams and Packers on Monday Night Football, 4-9 against 5-8. At the beginning of the season, this was a great matchup. And now... Baker Mayfield, that's the reason to watch this game. Back-to-back weeks with him in prime time. Thursday night football, now Monday night football. The coldest game the Rams will have played in over 30 years is going to happen on Monday night football in Green Bay. Really? That's awesome. At Lambeau. Hey, this is the first time that Baker Mayfield is must-see TV 
since the opening week of the season when he played the Browns. <laughs> I was thinking about that, right? Because that happened. Yeah. And then he fell off the face of the earth with the, with the Panthers, and no one cared. And now you're right. He's kind of back. At least for one week. He was back on two drives. With the two drives late. Baker's back to to an extent. We'll see if it's it's true. That, in this game, is one big thing on every NFL game for week 15. Um, Chad, I've connected with Albany's. Do you want to chat with him? Absolutely. Yeah, Ryan Albany's, uh, producer extraordinaire. We got to get get the full scoop on the the entire immersive Home Alone experience. Yeah, he's toured and has done a video i hope it's posted i'm not sure if it i i don't think it has because i would have seen it by now based on my youtube algorithms and we'll chat with him about the uh the church the tour and whether or not it's true that the owners of the home itself are that big of uh they're that annoyed with people like me that would want to drive by the home see i've always heard it's everyone in the neighborhood that's like that not necessarily that homeowner okay so we'll have to ask albany's we'll get the scoop that's next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seahawks hosting the 49ers this evening for Thursday Night Football. You can join us in on the fun. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to grab some gra- uh, dr- great DraftKings odds. And uh, Chad, I'm, I'm taking San Francisco to win the game. I'm doing that and I'm parlaying that with Geno Smith over 249 and a half yards passing. That's plus 450 on the return. And I think it's a good game. I think San Francisco's defense is ultimately the difference. But, hey, this is San Francisco that can clinch the division. Seattle has lost three of their last four. Meanwhile, the 49ers on an NFL best six-game win streak. I cannot bet against them, but I do love what Geno Smith's bringing to the table. Crazy things can happen in Seattle, like losing to the Panthers, which happened last week. Well, yeah. Uh, Usually better things happen in Seattle. I'm going to make it very simple. Seahawks win. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog tonight. I'm taking Seahawks in the money line to get it done against the 49ers. Ryan Albanese joins us. Yes. Albanese has been with us for years, even going back previous to to us joining OutKick, and I guess he missed us so much, he joins us at OutKick now as a great producer. Hutton, before this man gave up eating altogether, right. that's why he's so thin, yeah. <laughs> grazing, he would have... Grazing. We had uh, a sub shop that that no no free shout outs right. Yeah. We had a sub shop though that sponsored a high school football show I hosted. <laughs> Ryan Albany's a great producer for years. This man would successfully go down through every menu item week by week to get from top to bottom of the menu before it was over. One of the more impressive feats I've witnessed, Albany. So congratulations on that, and also congratulations now that you don't eat. <laughs> Thank you. The uh, artichoke week was always the worst. <laughs> Uh, there was an artichoke sandwich he had to choke down. <laughs> and now he loves it. Yes. You know, um, Albany's has a YouTube channel, Going to the Movies, it's, which it's, it's fantastic. Great follow. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go check that out. Um, Albany's, you'll, you, you've known me long enough. I don't remember the topic of the last time you were on the show and what movie we were breaking down. 
Um, was it Twister? Maybe I can't remember. Anyway, um, nonetheless, you were in Chicago recently and you have now an episode ready for Home Alone. I don't know where the editing process is for this, but I can't wait based on the, the photos that you've uh, posted. Tell us about the experience and what you hope to, to get out of it and if it met your expectations as someone and, and two that grew up watching this film on repeat. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, going to the movies, the YouTube channel, I, I try to focus on movies. You know, there's other people that do it on YouTube. I try to find movies that people haven't done before, people haven't covered. Home Alone's been done so many times. So this one was kind of an experiment. because we've, we've been to the Home Alone house before a couple years ago. During the pandemic, this is kind of how the hobby started, just going to find, you know, locations from our favorite movies, lining up the shots and uh, sharing those with everybody else. Uh, but the experience this time, like I said, it was an experiment. I'm, I'm going to make this video and put it out there and see if anyone cares. Because like I said, there's like 500, you know, vlogs of Home Alone filming locations. And uh, there was also an event we went to in the church, which was uh, in the inside and the outside were two different churches. And they showed the movie inside of the one where they filmed the interior part of the movie. and. It was pretty cool. They screened it and we had a good time. So they had the film. Do they do this every year? Or is this just a random thing that they, they did while you were there at the church? There's a guy from North Carolina. His name's Kenny. And he lives in a, <laughs> a recreation of Michael Myers' Halloween house. Wow. And okay. uh, he started this thing called Onset Cinema. And he goes around and he'll he'll like call people up if it's, uh, you know, like a theater or a church. He'll call up people and say, hey, can I come and show this movie there? and sell tickets and we'll give you some of the profit and all that and uh he mostly does horror movies but everybody loves home alone so i guess the, that's why i added that the owner uh the owners of the of the house have a reputation that would that precedes them that is that they're not very happy when people pull up however based on the photo i saw with you standing outside the home it looked like you know they weren't running you off anytime soon yeah and i think the owner might have been there when we showed up because there were there was somebody working on the mailbox and there was a lady walking around so the gate was actually open that picture right there is kind of rare because normally it's fully closed but um they bought the house for you're really taking a, a risk there albany's also yeah. you're right up in the in the driveway i'm in, i'm impressed yeah, I'm that you got that close still. okay i'm still on the sidewalk <laughs> wait, wait did it meet uh, your expectations or what's it like going up there uh yeah i mean it, it really does especially if you go up this time of year they decorate the house and and just to speak for the owners, I, like they bought the house in 2012, I think, for about one and a half million. I don't think they're anti people taking photos in front of the house. They just don't want people like hopping the fence or anything like that. Yeah. And they're not very, you know, they don't advertise that they're the home alone house or, you know, say, hey, everybody, welcome to the home alone house. <laughs> they don't put of, hot cocoa all... out front for people to come by to take pictures uh, or no. anything. I mean, some people like it, but obviously with that house, you're going to have like people standing outside every day. What what is the term for what you do? Is it is it set jetting? You've told me this before. What 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 exactly you guys go out and do? What's it called? Uh, I call it film location hunting. And set jetting is a term that some people use. It I for don't the know losers. if like really an official name for it. <laughs> uh, some people call it urban exploration, which is it's there's other stuff too. Uh, with that, that covers like. Did you see Albany's almost recoil when I yeah. said set jetting? Set it's like, jetting. I wouldn't Come call on. it that. Some people might. Some people like you, Chad. 
Um, I would call it this, but Albany's, yeah. we're up against it. I, I, I do want to mention it, though. I get it. Uh, going to the movies, go subscribe to that on YouTube. That's the name of the channel. And you're right, you don't do the normal film locations. Conjuring Two, Legally Blonde, Breaking Away, uh, The Dark Crystal, Last of the Mohicans, Hoosiers. I haven't seen this oh, one yet. I need to I've, watch I've this go, one. Uh, the 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 Conjuring, The Crow. Oh, brother, where art thou? Uh, you go in the middle of a creek bed. What'd you do there? Um, let's see. Hoosiers yeah. isn't far from Remember Nashville, the Titans? right? It's like southern Indiana is where it was shot. Correct? Uh, it's it's all like outside of Indianapolis. Okay. Middle of the state. And Groundhog Day. Hey, Albany's, appreciate you, man. Thanks for checking in. We look forward to the episode. When's it dropping in 10 seconds? When's it dropping? Sometime this week. Okay. Well, make it happen. It's an oh, impressive no. DVD <laughs> collection you have behind you, too. Sir. Yes. Well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See you soon. There's uh, there's Ryan Albany's Outkick producer, and uh, again, going to the movies. Check him out on uh, on YouTube. He's the new. I Cisco. get excited every time I see his uh, the, his episodes, but also just any Instagram post he has when he's at a different location. I'm like, oh yeah, I've I've seen that. That's great. Soon he'll uh, he'll be on set with the young Pope. What are some other ones that would never Did have? Did you see how upset he got when I said yeah. set jetting? I swear yeah. that he's told me that's what it's called before. <laughs> but his face is like, who, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, sir? It's film location hunting. Because that sounds so much better. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chad's <laughs> Let's taking, lengthen it. Chad's taking uh, the Seahawks. I've got the 49ers tonight. Either way, we've got Geno Smith and Brock Purdy. And isn't it crazy we're excited about this quarterback matchup in week 15? It's a great one. These are studs. We're back at it uh, tomorrow. Merry Christmas, everyone. 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. We say it every day. And uh, we will be previewing bowl games and the rest of the NFL weekend. Armando Salguero and more. Join us for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.